Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So let's look here tonight at something that I want to um, do my best to get out for you. It's, look at Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And I want to talk to you about something that will help you in every area of your life. There's not one area of your life that this won't affect in a positive way. And it's for everybody, not just preachers. It's for people that have been born again for one hour, for people that have been Christians for 29 years. It's something that every one of us needs to know about. It's something that we need to have a part of our life, not just something we do when trouble comes. But it's something that we all need to, I believe, grasp at this time. You know, I was praying earlier today, and I was, I was just talking to the Lord about some of the things He's been talking to us about in our church and I was wondering how many people in the church have actually got a change in their lifestyle or their agenda or their things to do list after some of these series the Lord has been sharing with the church here. And I, I, sometimes I'll, I'll scan the church and pray and see, see in the spirit, you know, what people are going through and the trials and the tests. And, and I really feel like the, the, greatest, the greatest hindrance or I should say problem in a lot of people's lives is that they're really good hearers, but it doesn't change their life. It doesn't change their daily schedule. There's nothing added to their daily agenda. There, there's nothing different after a word comes forth. And no wonder we don't see a whole lot of increase because it's not hearers of the word that are blessed. It's doers of the word that are blessed. So I was thinking back. Because how many know there's times you just have to do the word whether you feel like it or not? Right. You know, just, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I'm going to do what the Lord said. But he's not going to make us. But the Bible says hearers only are deceiving themselves, thinking that all I need to do is hear more word and everything's going to be okay. Anybody found out that's not the case? Right. <laughs> Anybody heard a ton of word and still see problems in your life in certain areas that you thought that word was going to fix? Well, it's because there's a deception going on and it's called hearing only fixes everything. Hearing only doesn't do anything. Right. If you're not going to believe it, if you're not going to act on it, if you're not going to talk like it's true. Jesus said there was two guys. One guy heard the words of Jesus. I mean heard his words, but didn't do them. Storm came, crash, bang, boom. The guy was leveled to the ground. Another guy heard the word and did what the Lord taught. And the same storm came, and he stood strong. Storm, was, storm ceased, and he was still there. They both heard the word. The one that heard went down like somebody who never heard the word because he didn't do it. It's interesting to think that hearers of the word get the same destruction non-hearers get if they don't do what they heard. So can we just say, make a good confession tonight? Let's just say this. I am not a hearer only. My agenda, my daily life, my things to do, 
My effort of the day is going to change after tonight. Or nothing will change just because you came to church. Say, I'm a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Big mondo problem in the church today. Hearing only, very little or no doing. You know, if you hear a message on joy, probably be a good idea to implement more joy in your daily schedule. Because joy is a choice. I mean, we taught on joy for what, six, seven weeks? Joy is a choice. And if you hear a, hear a series for six weeks in a row and it doesn't add anything to your life that's different than before the series, hearer only. <laughs> Amen. Say this, I'm not a hearer only. And see, a lot of people are praying for things and the Lord gives them answers through church services, through sermons, through, through words of God that they get throughout the day from, from proper places. And, and but, but, but a lot of times they don't see the connection between me doing what the Lord said over here and getting my healing in my body over here. I don't see the connection, Lord, between forgiving somebody who's done me wrong, <clears throat> wrong and prospering financially. Lord, what I need is money. God says, what you need is to forgive. No, what I need is money. He said, no, what you need to do is forgive because your unforgiveness is destroying your confidence and you cannot receive from me if your heart's condemning you. You know, a lot of people, <clears throat> here's something really interesting, right on the other side of what I just said. A lot of people have asked the Lord to forgive them for certain sins in their life, but they haven't yet got free from the guilt of those past sins. And really what's going on, and the guilt does terrible things to your faith, and faith's how you receive from the Lord. You need to learn how to protect your faith and stay away from things that hurt your faith. And I said this on Sunday, that your past sins that you've asked God to forgive you for, you know those past terrible things you've done? Are the good things you didn't do that you should have done? Those past sins that you asked God to forgive you for? They cannot mess with your future at all. But your hurt faith can totally mess with your future. Right. If you don't get the conscience clean and fixed, if you don't get your faith back where it needs to be, all those past sins can't hurt you, but your hurt faith can hurt you. And so you have to get a revelation, I'm forgiven. I'm clean. The blood has cleansed me. I'm free. My sins and my iniquities, he'll remember no more. You have to believe that if you want to get free from the guilt of the sin and not just forgiven for the act of sin. Because condemnation will kill your ability to receive what you need from the Lord. Did you know even in the sowing and reaping area, this is kind of a neat revelation. Do you know sowing and reaping works for bad people? Sure. Sure. In the positive. I mean, there's, there's people that are giving to the poor, giving to other people. There's people that are giving and giving and giving and believing they're going to be successful. They don't even go to church, don't even pray, and the laws of sowing and reaping are working for them. Well, let me ask you this. Who put the law of sowing and reaping in the earth? Who put the law of gravity in the earth? Does gravity work for good people and bad people? <laughs> it does. Now, you don't want to just operate in some of these principles and live your own life and die and go to hell. You want to get saved and born again and operate in these principles for kingdom reasons, not just earthly reasons. But it's interesting to think a lot of people are hindered from receiving from the Lord because they feel like they're not worthy to receive things from the Lord. But if even bad people get some of these blessings, why can't his children get some of these blessings even though they stumble once in a while? <clears throat> 
What did it say in the financial area? God's able to make all grace abound towards you. Unmerited favor abound towards you. What does that mean? I don't deserve it, but praise God, I get it. You know, I was thinking about some things to teach in the future, and I, I put a little list of uh, a list of uh, some of these titles down here. Let me just I want to read this. This is kind of fun. I was thinking about this earlier. Some of the things that maybe we need to talk about in the future. Living in victory we don't deserve. You're blessed, deserve it or not. These are things we need to renew our mind to because a lot of times people say, well, I can't until I just read that other chapter, until I just, you know, quit, quit making that wrong confession. You know, I was thinking about this. How many people feel like, now I know I'm stepping out on a limb here, but I believe you can receive this properly. How many people are feeling like, you know what, um, I, I didn't give like I used to give you know, I used to give, you know, things away every, every week for, for 10 years. And then I missed a couple weeks. And I guess that just ruined everything. No. How could two mistakes ruin everything of all the good you did for 10 right. years? Exactly. I mean, really? That would be where grace, excuse me, that would be where grace abounded, sin did much more abound. Yeah. But it's where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And you have to watch out about thinking one little mistake is going to ruin all those years of good things you've done for the Lord. All right, moving right along. So in Romans chapter 4, I'm going to read a couple scriptures here, and then I'm going to tell you something that I believe the Lord would like us to finish up with tonight. In Romans 4, I want you to start reading with me. Let's see. Let's go to verse... Let's, let's start in verse 13. This is talking about Abraham and God's promise to Abraham about being the heir of the world and about being the father of many nations. And I want you to notice verse 13. Paul said that the promise that he, Abraham, should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, in other words, God didn't promise Abraham these amazing things because he kept a law perfectly. Actually, the Levitical law hadn't even come on the scene yet. But God said, you're going to be the heir of the world, but it's not because you've kept some law perfectly, Abraham, but through the righteousness of faith. He'll explain what that means here. Read on. For if they which are of the law be heirs of this promise... Faith is made void. Don't need faith if you're perfectly doing the law. So if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise is made of none effect. If you're trying to get it by law, it ain't going to work. How do you get the blessings of Abraham? How do you get the blessings of God? Answer, not by keeping a law perfectly. It's talking about the Levitical law here. And so in verse 15... Because the law works wrath, for where no law is, there's no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith. Why is it of faith? Why do we have to talk so much about faith? Why is it about faith? So that it can be by grace. If we're trying to earn these things, grace leaves our life. Do you understand? You can't try to earn. You have to realize this is a gift from God. I'm going to believe in Him. I'm going to believe in His goodness. And I'm going to enjoy it. 
and not get all caught up with being perfect. Now, this will perfect you, but it's not how you get the blessing. He says it, it's by faith that it might be by grace for the purpose that the promise might be sure to all the seed. And we're the children of Abraham if we're born again. But not to that only which is of the law, the Jewish people, but that also who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. All right, now look at these next few verses. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. God told Abraham before he was a father of many nations, I have made you a father of many nations. Now that's a very interesting word. This is the Lord telling a man before he was the father of many nations, I have made you the father of many nations. What's that all about? That's God speaking of future events as if they'd already happened. And this is how we need to learn to talk because there's a lot of things that we need to call into our life that Jesus already provided. And if we keep trying to get what God says he's already given, we're not in line with a lot of New Testament scriptures. Now notice, this is how God operates and you see in the next few verses, this is how Abraham operated and Abraham got a miracle. Anybody interested in getting a miracle? Then you're going to have to believe some things different than you've been believing. Unless you're in a true faith stand and you're about to receive something. So here God tells Abraham, Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. Now he said this was before God, in the presence of God, before him whom he believed. Abraham believed God. He believed God, and God quickens the dead, makes alive the dead. And he calls those things which be not as though they were. I have made you the father of many nations. What's that? Calling those things which be not as though they were. You looked at Abraham, he was childless. God said, I have made you a father of many nations. See, some people say, well, that's just lying. People don't understand there's a difference between lying and saying something that is God's plan for your life that hasn't shown up yet. Right. This hadn't shown up yet, but it didn't mean it wasn't real. Amen. Come on, you all do realize there's invisible things. Yeah. Yes. They're just as real as visible things. They don't become real when they appear. They're already real or they would never would have appeared. That's right. Right. I hope you got that because I'm yeah. not sure I did. <laughs> Come on. Things that appear were real before they appeared. If they weren't real before they appeared, they never would have appeared. Amen. Invisible, it starts, even seeds start underground. You don't see it, but pretty soon you see something. Yeah. If you water and if you take care of them. So this is what he's talking about. Calling those things which be not as though they were. Do you ever think about calling your life better than it is right now instead of keep talking about the way it looks right now? Yeah. Most people are, are using their words to enforce what's happening. Very few are using their words to change what's happening. And see, the enemy's got a lot of people hoodwinked into thinking, well, you're only human, you know, you're just a mere man. And you, no, you're made in the image and likeness of God, and you have power to change some things that are not right in your life. Everything that happens is not the will of God, or why would God say pray and change some things? Why would God say believe God and change some things? If everything that happened was the will of God, then why Jesus say pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Everything that's happening on this planet is not the will of God. There is a devil. 
He came to kill, steal, and destroy. And it's sad, but he's doing a fairly good job of it to a lot of people, primarily for lack of knowledge, lack of teaching, like you're hearing tonight, I believe. This is one of the things people need to hear. People are just kicking back, singing, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. And the devil's going, ha, 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 the whole time, saying, yeah, just whatever comes your way, it's God. Some mysterious purpose of God, some sovereign purpose of God. So just lay back and take anything that comes your way. Guys, that is not the Bible. God did not say, lay back and let be what's going to be. He said, fight the good fight of faith. He said, lay hold, not let go. Lay hold on these things and don't let them go. Huh? I mean, why would the Lord say pray if everything that happened was the will of God? Do you ever think about that? Why would the Lord say pray if everything that happened was the will of God? There's a ton of stuff happening on this planet that is flat out not God's will for people. Come on, abuse of children? How could that be the will of God? Murder? I mean, all this stuff, that's not the will of God. We say, well, why isn't he doing something about it? He has. He's given of his, his word to straighten us out. He's given us angels to protect us. And if you know how to believe and talk right, they'll work for you. He gave us the Holy Spirit to help us, but if we're not interested in the Holy Spirit, then how are we going to receive help from the Lord? He's the only helper in the earth realm. Well, I don't know why God doesn't do something about all the evil in the world. He has. He's given us His Word. And it's not God's fault people never get into it and get healed and delivered. I don't know why all this evil's happened if God is love. He, listen, He's already done so much for people. It's just people are not receiving what He's done and they're experiencing things they don't have to experience. God is not in control of everything that's happening on this planet. And I, I know some of you may have heard differently through a song or something else, but if God was in control of everything that's happening on this planet, <laughs> He wouldn't be a very good God. He'd be going against His own word. I found a scripture in Romans a while back as we were teaching on walking in love and how God is love and how one of the first things we need to realize is how much He loves us and then we can start walking in love properly toward other people. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 13. It says this, Love works no ill to his neighbor. Do you ever remember the scripture in 1 John where it says, God is love? Anybody ever heard that phrase, God is love? Well, Romans says, Love or God works no ill to those that are nearby. Right? Well, love works no ill. If God is love, then can we conclude? All the illness in this world is not the work of God or the will of God. And if people think it is, they won't resist it. They won't say no to it like we taught last Sunday. And they'll just accept whatever comes their way. And the devil will say, yes, this is coming from God to teach you something. This is coming from the Lord, you know, to perfect you through your sufferings, till you're worthy of his name. Shut up. That is so unscriptural and so unbiblical, very traditional, but very unscriptural. God is not working ill in anybody's life. Do do, do people just not believe what Jesus taught about the devil and demons? They just think like, you know, well, you know, they're not real or something. The devil says you have an adversary. And if you want him to leave you alone, you have to resist him. And he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Jesus didn't say, get me to resist the devil for you. He's not coming after Jesus. He's coming after you. And he gave you and me authority over that stuff. And if we don't use it, it doesn't mean God doesn't want to help us. It means we're not using what he gave us. Right. 
All right, let's read a little bit further here. Read verse 17 again. As it is written, God said, I've made you the father of many nations. Before him are like unto him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. And if you, if you think about this here, when God told Abram to change his name to Abraham, God was telling Abram, do like I do. Now, why would he say that? Because he's our father. Right. How many think it's a good idea to imitate your father? Man, if he didn't want us doing it, then he shouldn't do it because he'd be a bad example if we do it. And he's, he's, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? So what did, okay, so Abraham, cha- excuse me, Abram changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations, right? You got that? Before he had any children with Sarah, he's calling himself the father of many nations with Sarah. Right? I'm the father of many nations. I'm the father of many... Telling everybody, my name's the father of many nations. They're probably thinking he's crazy. You know, you really start acting in faith. Some of your friends and family may think you're a little crazy, but I'd rather be thought crazy and right with God than... Amen. So, he's calling himself Abraham. What's he doing? He's not Abraham, but God said he is. Well, now, what's Abraham doing? What God's doing, calling those things which be not as though they were. Should we learn to call things which be not as though they were? So, you know, if you can just hang on with me here on this. A lot of people think they're lying when they say, I believe I'm healed, but they feel sick in their body. Healing is way more than your body feeling better. Healing is spiritual. You can be healed before you feel healed. You understand what I'm saying? You, you can be healed before your body feels healed. Because healing is something you receive <clears throat> spiritually. The healing Jesus provided is spiritual. It takes form in physical healing, but you've got to believe you got it before you feel you got it. And Abraham said, all right, I'm the father of many nations, but he got no kid. Sarah's not, you know, not having any children. They're, they're barren. They can't have kids. But he's saying, I'm the father of many nations. Is he lying? No. He's saying something God said. Right. God said, I have made you the father of many nations. So Abraham is saying, I'm the father of many nations. Don't look like it. It ain't ever going to look like it until you believe it and say it. You can't even get saved without confessing with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believing in your heart, God raised him from the dead. That's not when Jesus saved you. It's when you received what he's already done 2,000 years ago. So read on here. It says in verse 18, Against hope or contrary to hope, Abraham believed in hope. What do you do when all hope's gone? You believe in hope anyway. What do you do when the devil makes you think all hope is gone, everything's over, you're never going to... What do you do? You choose to hope against hope. You believe in hope anyway. I don't have any hope. Well, believe in some. Right? Mm -hmm. You can do it. You're a child of God. You're not a nobody. Against hope. Now, you'll see why he was up against, uh, why he was having trouble in this hope area. Against hope, he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall your, your seed be. Now notice verse 19. Abraham. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Because see, he's 100 years old. His body is past the production stage. <laughs> by many moons. Okay? Many years here. 
not being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither did he yet consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, why are we reading this? Because you're going to need faith like this to overcome sickness, disease, fear, addictions, emotional scars, broken hearts, lack, poverty, not enough. This is how we get results, how he got results. There's going to be times it's going to look hopeless, but you're going to believe in hope anyway. Because God told you something through the scriptures. By his stripes, she were healed. Believe you receive when you pray and you will have whatever promise you're standing on. And it's so interesting to, to look at this. So let me get down to this scripture here because I, there's a title I wanted to give you. But it says here in verse 19, being not weak in faith, Abraham considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. This is how you see miracles. And this is why a little, you know, scripture devotion here and there every day isn't going to cut it. You're going to have to have some foundation under your feet. You're going to have to know what God told you. And it has to be more than a fairy tale to you. This has to be God, the creator of the universe, didn't lie to me about my healing here. I may feel like it's not working, but I believe he didn't lie. This is how you see miracles. You got to go past the doubt, past the unbelief, past all this junk the enemy tries to throw your way. And stagger not at the promise of God. Well, if you don't know the promise, how are you going to stand steady on the promise? Right? You've got to know the promise. And more than just in your head, it needs to be in your heart. He staggered not the promise of God through unbelief. Now here, you ready? But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Read the next verse and we'll come back to this. And Abraham being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Did Abraham and Sarah have a child? Was he not 100 years old and Sarah 90? Was his body dead when it comes to producing children? Was Sarah's womb dead? Was her womb dead? Huh? Is that right? But they had a child. Why is this in the Bible? To show you that if they could get a miracle under those circumstances, I can get a miracle no matter what my circumstances. But we're going to have to do what our father Abraham did. He, against hope, he believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which is spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he's able also to perform. You want to just make a confession with me? about these scriptures right here, even if you don't feel like you're there right now, how many want to get on the road quick? Yes. Say this. I, I hope, against hope against hope. I believe in hope, I believe in hope. that I might receive, I might receive and, enjoy and enjoy everything the Lord has promised me. I am not weak in faith, considering natural circumstances that contradict God's promises. But I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God, fully persuaded that what he's promised, he's able also to perform. Now go back to that verse 20. It says, he being not weak in faith, uh, uh, excuse me, verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God, I have made you the father of many nations. He didn't stagger at that through unbelief, but boy, did he have opportunity. 
Years are ticking by. Tick, tock, tick, tock. No child, tick, tock. No child, tick, tock. Right? 80 years old, 81 years old, no child, 82, no child, 83, no child, 84, 85, 86, still believe in God. 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, still believe in God. I mean, the Lord talked about some of these things when he was 75. So think about this, man. He's believing God. I mean, he wasn't perfect either. You read the life of Abraham. He made a few mistakes, but he bounced back and he kept believing. The only thing that can keep you from receiving from God is if you quit. Not your sins, not your mistakes. People, the Bible says a good man falls seven times, but gets back up. Didn't say bad, wicked people fall. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Oh, you terrible, dirty person. You fell seven times in that same sin. A good man falls seven times and gets back up. But the wicked, they fall headlong in the mischief. No desire to get back up. No desire to repent. But good people fall all the time. Doesn't mean you're bad because you fell. Get up. Don't let your sin mess with your future. Believe God that you're forgiven. Go on like God's sacrifice for you means something to you. So, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about strong faith. Developing and maintaining strong faith. And I want to tell you a few things about why that's so important. Um, strong faith is not something you want to try to get when all hell breaks loose. Strong faith is something you want to start working on right now. Amen? David didn't one day wake up and go kill Goliath. He had some experience under his belt. He had the experience of killing a lion and a bear that came against his flock. Killed him with his own hands. God helped him. He grew. And then Goliath came around the corner and he won Goliath. Don't wait for Goliath. Start using your faith right now. It's the greatest life there is. And if you don't learn faith now, you're going to have to go to school when you get to heaven. Because we're going to learn faith one, sooner or later. Yeah. Amen. But now listen, listen closely. As we look at Abraham here, you can see that, that a lot of what people think today is just not true. Strong faith doesn't happen just by reading and knowing. Do you see Abraham going a little beyond reading and knowing something here? He's doing something. His speech is affected by his faith stand. His attitude is affected by his faith stand. His, his deepest commitments are affected by his faith stand. You know where it says he, consider, he was not weak in faith considering his own body, now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb? Um, I wrote this down earlier tonight. He wasn't talking about not seeing. He's talking about, let me see if I can find it here. He saw his body. He saw the fact that Sarah was 90, right? He saw the years. But he didn't consider them as the reality that's going to take over his life. When you start seeing stuff as the reality that's going to take over your life, you're inviting that in. You're inviting that to take over your life. Abraham saw it, but he didn't consider, oh, this reality is going to take over my life. He saw it, but he didn't consider it messing with the plan of God at all. He knew that couldn't stop the plan of God from happening. He considered not his own body as a 
reason why God's word can't come to pass. So let's talk just a little bit more here about strong faith. Now, strong faith, it's interesting how he is called here somebody who's strong in faith. When was he called strong in faith? In the midst of the most challenging time of his life. Now, everybody wants great faith, but nobody wants the great tests that help build that great faith. <laughs> Watch out about praying for great faith. Because you think God's just going to drop great faith in you and all of a sudden you have faith muscles? Or is he going to allow some things to come your way? He's been holding back because where you were before that commitment, you couldn't handle it. Say this, great faith, great faith. comes from great tests. Now, when I talk about great faith, I'm not talking about the faith God put in you. That comes from God. But developed faith? How do you develop strong in faith? Well, how do you develop strong physically? You choose to be uncomfortable. And if you want to go a little farther, you choose to hurt yourself. No pain, no gain, right? Now, the interesting thing about this is some tests destroy people that weren't supposed to destroy them. God would never allow anything that would destroy us. If, we're, if people are destroyed, it's not because God allowed something we couldn't overcome. It's because people went a different route that kept them from overcoming. One thing you need to realize, God is faithful. He will not allow the enemy to do anything. to God is faithful. He will not allow us to be tempted, tried, or tested above that we're able but will, with the allowing of the temptation, make a way to escape that we may be able to bear it. If people didn't overcome, it wasn't because God's not faithful. Right. A lot of people choose their own path in the midst of a trial, and they never get free because they didn't choose God's way. They, they, they chose basically to stay in the mess instead of the path that God said, this will get you out of the mess. And so I was thinking about some other people Jesus talked about that had great faith in the Bible. Do you remember the centurion? who had a servant that was sick, nigh unto death. And the centurion came to Jesus and said, Jesus, um, I'd like you to come to my house and, and heal my servant. And Jesus started going. I, actually, uh, Jesus said, I will come to your house. And the centurion said, you don't really have to come to my house. Just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Interesting, Jesus called this man a person that had great faith. When was he called a person of great faith? in the midst of the greatest challenge of his life. Right? His servant's about to die. His servant was dear to him. It was a big test in his life. And he's called a man of great faith in the middle of the greatest battle of his life. Remember the Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman, whose daughter was grievously vexed with a demon back at home? Remember that in the scriptures, Matthew 15? She comes to Jesus and goes through the whole thing and, and prays and, and gets her heart right and humbles herself and receives a little correction. And she gets a miracle for her daughter and her daughter's not even in the meeting. Amen. It's amazing what you can get for your family members Amen. who aren't even in the meeting you're in because of your openness to the Lord and your believing in His love and goodness for your child or whoever at home is sick. So she, she comes to Him and basically... The Lord says, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. When was she called a woman of great faith? 
in the midst of the greatest challenge of her life. Her daughter was being harassed by a demon. She didn't know what to do. She couldn't get her free. And here Jesus says, woman, oh, great is your faith. What, what's going on here? Listen, church, great faith, strong faith is developed in times when you feel like giving up and you don't. It says Abraham was not weak in faith. And the next verse says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Strong faith has a lot to do with what we do when it's dark, when tests and trials are coming against us, things beyond our own power to overcome. What we do in those times will determine if we develop in faith or crash in faith. You're going to have to get this settled. God's word's true no matter what it looks like. God's word's true no matter how many hours and days and weeks and months and years have gone by. I mean, these, these guys, Abraham and Sarah had a child. He was 100, she was 90, right? Or was she 99? They were both over 90, let's just say that. <laughs> and they had a child, and she, he was older than her. They had a child. That's a miracle. That's not supposed to happen. That's divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. God wants that to happen for people today. And he tells us right here exactly how to get it. When all hope is gone, you believe in hope. You keep believing. Right? When everything is screaming it's not going to work, you're not considering that. You're looking to the promises. You're standing on the word. You have to if you want to see a victory. I don't know, I don't understand totally if people understand what it means to fight the good fight of faith. I don't, I don't think a lot of us do. We can all know more. Fighting the good fight of faith has a lot to do with just declaring over and over and over again, God didn't lie to me. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> God didn't lie to me. This thing's clearing up. My father didn't lie to me. His promise is coming to pass. And the devil says, no, look at this, look at this. Look at what the doctor said. You're never going to make it. You're going to die young, just like everybody else in your family died young. You're going to die young. You're not going to make it. You can consider that, or you can consider what God said. And what you consider... <laughs> is strong. You're going to be tempted to look and focus on things that are not going to help you get out of the mess. You're going to have to discipline yourself. God, your word's true. You promised. You didn't lie. By your stripes, I was sealed. I prayed. I believed I received. It don't look like it's working, Lord, but I praise you that it is working. That's called getting stronger in faith. I thought this was interesting. I read my cross-reference at home in my other Bible in verse 20 where it said, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. My cross-reference said he was strengthened in faith. He was in the strengthening process while he was in the biggest battle of his life, but he kept praising God in that biggest battle and his faith was growing. So why would we should we be so interested in strong faith? What what's you know is that just so we can get a, a star maybe or a, a, a balloon, <laughs> something from our teacher, the Lord? You know, oh, you got strong faith. Let's let's give them a piece of cake today. And why why should we be interested in developing in faith? Well, let me just say a couple things before I let you go tonight about this. Um, there's so much in these verses. Um, let me just say this to you. And you don't have to turn to these scriptures necessarily, but I'm going to read them to you. 
There's six reasons that I, I jot down here why faith is so important. And so number one, I'm just going to tell you this. Number one, faith is really, really important. You should really want to grow in faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. You can look there if you want. Hebrews 11.6 It is not possible, impossible to please God without faith. You know what that means? You can do everything else that's good, but if there's no faith in it, it's not pleasing to the Lord. Prayer. Being nice. I mean, there's all kinds of things that without faith, it's interesting that he didn't say without love. And we know how important love is. I mean, you walk in love, you do well. But it's interesting how he says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anybody interested in pleasing God? Do you think we could, we could come to this conclusion that more faith, more we're pleasing God? And I believe the reason he's pleased is because when we're walking by faith, we're coming up in life. We're overcoming. His kids are not being walked on. We're getting victory. We're helping other people on a supernatural level. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe, number one, that he is. And you must also believe something. How many are taking the second part seriously? Are, this is a must. This is not an option. Are you believing God actively and on purpose that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? That pleases the Lord. That we're believing He's a rewarder. Well, you know, if you really give your heart to the Lord, He's going to take everything away. No, that would say that you must believe He's a taker away or <laughs> He's a rewarder. Right. He wants to add good things to your life. You know, you get enough good things of the Lord in your life, you don't have any room for the other things. Right. <laughs> right? So, number one, faith is important because without it we can't please the Lord. Number two, Faith is important because it's how you get saved. <laughs> Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And they'll put it up on the screen. Ephesians 2, 8. What does it say? Paul said, By grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. How do you get saved? Is that important to anybody not going to hell? <laughs> Is it important to anybody that you don't have to go to a real hell that you deserve because of your faith in Jesus? We are saved by grace. Are we saved through faith? And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. I say that's pretty important. Number three, Mark 9.23. Now, as you read this, you're going to see the word believe, but you're not, you won't see the word faith, but very, very synonymous term here. What does it say? Jesus said unto him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. <laughs> i got to slow down. Th think about this. Healing from HIV is possible to him that believes, or Jesus lied. How many think Jesus lied? Then healing from cancer must be possible. Hmm? Well, we know it's His will because by His stripes ye were healed. He took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Right? I mean, there's like a thousand scriptures in the Bible that talk about, talk about it's God's will that His people be healed. But just because He wants people healed doesn't mean they're going to receive healing. 
He wants everybody saved, but not everybody's receiving Jesus, so they're ending up in a place God doesn't want them to end up, and it's called hell. Just because God wants it doesn't mean it automatically happens. You have to receive Jesus as your Savior, and you have to receive Jesus as your healer. He's not going to make it happen. It's interesting, people are going to get to hell and go, why didn't the Lord save me? He's going to go, I did, you never received it. Right. You didn't receive my teaching, you didn't believe what I said in the scriptures, you didn't believe the preachers when they were preaching good messages. And they're going to say, well, Lord, why didn't you save me? He's going to say, I did save you, but I couldn't make you get saved. I can't receive for you, church. You've got to receive for yourself. God can't receive for you. And people choosing not to receive is not God saying, no, I don't want to help you. That's people choosing not to receive. Well, the Lord didn't help them. Maybe they didn't receive the help. Ding. Newsflash, right? Why didn't God help them? Did they receive the help He gave? See, people need to understand healing and faith and prayer is not magic. It's real stuff. It's how the kingdom of God operates and it's how we receive things in the earth realm from the Lord. So let me say this again. All things are possible to him that believes. Um, I thought this was interesting. Now, when Dominic taught last week, he talked about how many times the word faith is referenced in the King James Bible in the New Testament from Matthew through Revelation. And he said that the word faith, and I just wanted to share this with you, faith is found 229 times in the New Testament from Matthew to Revelation. What does that show us? Pretty important subject if it's mentioned 229 times just in the New Testament. But he didn't say this. The word believe is found 114 times in the New Testament. And there's such, such similar words that you could say, really, faith or believe is found 343 times in the New Testament. That's a big subject. That's not even including the word believest or believing or trust or faithfulness. See, there's a lot of other forms of that word in the New Testament that we're not even talking about. Huge deal. Well, one reason, what's going to last forever beyond this life? Faith, hope, and love. We're not just learning faith for this life. We're training for reigning in the next life. You talk about operating in high levels of faith in the next life when there's no opposing forces, no doubt and unbelief to hold us back. Yeah. You want a mountain over there? Just tell it to go. <laughs> Amen. Powers of the world to come. Hallelujah. So I just thought I'd share that with you. So let me, let me share this in closing. Another reason to put Ephesians 6, 16 up there, please, Tina. You're doing so great tonight. Thank you. In Ephesians 6 and verse 16... Why, why should we want to grow in faith? What's so important about faith? Well, look at this scripture. Paul said, believer, above all, take up the shield of faith. Wherewith you, believer, who takes up the shield of faith, are going to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen. Anybody like that word, all? Yeah. Yes. Anybody like that word, quench all? Amen. All. What does that mean? That means the enemy can shoot and blast and send things your way, but your faith in God quenches them all. Amen. Oh my goodness. No wonder there's opposition to this teaching. No wonder there's a lot of people that don't believe in these things. No wonder there's you know, books written against the faith message. Well, who, if you were the devil, what would you fight? 
you would do your best to keep people away from, offended at, not understanding the very thing that quenches all his attacks against your life. Yeah. Faith is powerful stuff. And did you notice in this verse here? Faith is not just something you have in your back pocket for a rainy day. Faith is not just something you have in the gun cabinet. Faith is not just something you have. Faith better be something you're using. You better lift it up. You better speak your words of faith. You better believe God. You better act like a believer at times. You better talk it. Because faith is something you use. You use a shield. I mean, having a shield doesn't mean you're not going to get shot. Using a shield means you're going to be protected. Everybody say this. I have faith and I use what I have. I believe God. And one of the greatest ways to use your faith is speak your faith. Say, I believe Jesus is my healer. I believe he's supplying all my need. I believe I'm redeemed from this thing that's trying to unlawfully kill me. Jesus comes back in the book of Revelation with a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. He's fighting with words. We need to learn to speak words and believe for change and to stop forces of darkness from destroying us. Jesus had to say it was written to get victory. We're going to have to say it is written. But you can't say it is written if you never read your Bible. You can't say it is written if you don't go to church and learn scriptures. But once you get some scriptures, do you ever wonder why at times there's opposition to going to church? Do you ever wonder why at times there's opposition to keep going to church after you've made a commitment to go and three, four weeks go by and now just other things crowd in and other things try to push you out? And sure. Do you ever wonder why? Some of these things right here is why. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if you're getting faith and you're hearing and you're growing and you're developing, what's the devil going to do to you? You've got a shield around you. You've learned a little bit about faith. Look at Romans 14, 23. Number five, reason why we should understand faith. Look at Romans 14, 23. This is a very interesting scripture. He that doubts is damned if he eat. And he's talking about certain foods and stuff back then. They were sacrificing to idols. But listen to this last part of this verse. For whatsoever is not of faith is what? Interesting. That's pretty important, wouldn't you say? Learn faith, live by faith, talk faith. Hey, what happens if you slip and make a bad confession? What happens if you slip and find yourself doubting for a few moments? What, what, what happens? What, what should you do? Acknowledge it. And say, oops. <laughs> and not get in a big condemnation guilt trip for three weeks about it. Everybody's made mistakes except Jesus. Everybody's fallen. Everybody's gotten in. Um, you know Abraham that we just read about? Remember Abraham? You still remember Abraham? I know it was a long time ago. But remember Abraham? Who got a great miracle. He's called the friend of God. They got a miracle of Isaac. He today is the father of many nations. He'll be talked about forever. Do you know there was a time in his life he lied? (laughs) Oh, she's my sister. Dude, she's your wife. (laughs) Yeah, but in a roundabout way, you know, because of the families back then, she's my sister. He lied. Did you know Sarah laughed when Abraham told her that God said we're going to have a child in our old age and she laughed? That's a little disrespectful. (laughs) I mean, that's just a little bit disrespectful to laugh about God saying, hey, I'm going to do this for you. (laughs) Oh, sure. She laughed. These were not perfect people. 
But they were people who had a heart after God. There were people that if they did mess up, they got up and kept going. There were people that refused to listen to the lies of the devil saying, it's over, you flake. You know, if the devil's bothering you too much with thoughts of depression and you're no good and you're never going to make it and your heart's never going to mend and the abuse in the past, you're never going to get healed of it. And those things those people called you and, and all these If the devil's talking to you about all this discouraging, negative stuff, why do you talk to him about his future? Bottomless pit, thousand years, lake of fire, no retreat. You're going to look around and go, oh, where'd he go? He don't like Bible studies like that. <laughs> I mean, you, ever, you, you couldn't deal with these things. The enemy is a liar. Anything that gives you doubt, anything that brings discouragement, anything that brings you negativity, it's of the enemy. Resist it. You just got to get in the mode of, you know what? I'm not going to be pushed around anymore. Amen. The Lord has done way too much for me for me to be run over anymore. Amen. And open your mouth and say some things, child of God. Finally, Mark 5.34. Another reason we need to be very interested in faith and developing strong in faith is for these things that we've just read. But look at Mark chapter 5 and verse 34. Jesus is being confronted by a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, spent all the money she had on physicians, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. She gets out of the house, presses through a crowd in her weakened condition, does her best to get to the Lord and says within herself, if I just touch the hem of the Lord's garment, I'll be healed. She does that. She presses through the crowd in her weakened condition. She didn't care about the roadblocks. She did it. And if you look at verse 34, Jesus said unto her daughter, because see, she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. Power went out of Jesus and into her. And, and, and Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. She was completely, totally healed. And Jesus said, Her faith made her whole. Well, I thought it was God. It was, but he's not wanting us to focus on that right now. He's wanting us to see here that God wants everybody healed. Some tap into it, some don't. She tapped into it, and the Lord said the way she tapped into it was her faith. Now, I don't know what you're going through right now, or what you're going to go through in the future, or what your kids are going through, or what your business is going through. But listen, church, if her faith, this is just a certain woman. The Bible says a certain woman had an issue of blood, not some royal princess. A certain woman, like you and me, had an issue of blood for 12 years. She decided to get to Jesus, get to the Word. She touched the hem of His garment, and it said... Now, now notice... This is why you can get healed and Jesus not even be here physically. Because it wasn't his physical presence that he gave the credit to. It was her faith. And faith is still here. God is here in the invisible, but he's here. His power's here. His anointing's here. His spirit is here. And he said, daughter, your faith made you whole. That means your faith can make you whole. Well, pastor, I didn't know that. You know it now. Well, what should I do? Keep coming back. We'll tell you how to build your faith, grow in faith, develop your faith. Yeah. Hmm? Amen. And your faith can make you whole. Mm -hmm. Say this, my faith, my faith. Can, make can make me whole. Faith in what? Faith in him Amen. and what he said. Yes. Church, 
Anything you need from the Lord is provided, and this book tells you right here that it belongs to you. If you will get those scriptures on the inside of you and speak them out of your mouth in faith, things will start to change in your life. Some things will happen by degree, and praise God, sometimes things happen immediately. But either way, stay in faith and they will happen. Would you stand up with me, please? I think we should say this before we go. If your heart agrees with this, just say it from your heart. It'll help you. Say this in the name of Jesus. I'm a believer. I may not understand everything, but I understand enough to know this. Jesus is my helper. He saved my life. He's made provision for every area of my life. I say it before God the Father, the Lord Jesus, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I say it in the face of any demon that may be listening in. I believe God. It shall be, even as it was told me. Jesus is my Savior. He's my healer. He's my provider. I am blessed. My life is getting better and better. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.